and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to the show. We have a really exciting interview today that we can't wait for you guys to hear. Yeah. Um, but before we get into it, I just wanted to make a quick announcement up top so that people don't miss it. So last week was our 250th episode. <gasps> yes. So to celebrate that, um, we're having a sale in the merch store. Ask me about kpop.com. I'm going to extend it till the end of May just because I yeah. feel like celebrating May longer. Because happy month because it's shiny Because it's shiny month. month. Still shining. Yes. We're all very excited about that. We're um, very excited. <laughs> but if you want to get some Ask Me About K-Pop merch, askmeaboutkpop.com and use uh, code AMAK250 at checkout for 25% off your entire order. Oh, la, la. Ooh la la to celebrate our 250th episode. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there right up top. If you've nice. been looking to get a cute little Ask Me About K-Pop clear vinyl bag to take to your next K-Pop concert, you or should do it. some cute little AMAK magnets to decorate your fridge, or maybe even a join us keychain to share with all your friends and convert them into K-pop heads <laughs> as well. Ask me about kpop.com. Um, so right now we're about to take you to an interview that we did with two incredible women oh who are gosh. doing God's work for real in the K-pop world. Yeah, they are absolutely like. I, I don't want to say changing the game, but like elevating the game of music PR here in the United States, which is so exciting for us as K-pop fans. We got to talk to Brittany Press and Tiffany Bay of Helix Publicity, um, and they got to tell us all about the work that they do with K-pop artists here in the West. So stick around for that interview right after this moment, and then we'll be back at the end to play a random game and wrap it all up. So let's go to that interview right now. Welcome, Tiffany and Brittany. We are so excited to have you here. The first thing that we would love for you guys to do is please just introduce yourself and your role at Helix Publicity for us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having us here. So I'm Brittany. I am the Director of PR and Operations at Helix Publicity. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having us. My name is Tiffany Bay, and I'm the publicist and the lead Korean interpreter here at Helix Publicity. Well, we're so excited to have you guys here and learn so much about what you do and how it relates to the world of K-pop. So Helix is a PR company that promotes a variety of artists, including a lot of recognizable K-pop acts that we've talked about on the show before, like 5050, Omega X, VAV, Secret Number. So can you give our listeners the elevator pitch of what Helix is in relation to the K-pop industry? If I was to boil it down to an elevator pitch, I would have to say is our job is when a client releases music is to get them features, articles, interviews, um, YouTube reactions around that release. Uh, that's the boilerplate bottom of it. Perfect. That honestly kind of answers our next question, which was to just kind of in layman's terms, lay out what is PR? Like specifically, what did, what do you do when you work with these idols? Because neither of us are in the entertainment industry. And so we kind of come at this from like a fan perspective. But from the insider scoop, you know, you go out and your, your job is to get features and to kind of put the word out for these idols. How exactly do you do that? Yeah, I mean, it's 
interesting to talk about like what exactly we, we do with our clients because it's different per client. Um, like I said, the boiler, the bottom line of like what we do is to get them features and articles, interviews, whatever it is around their music releases. But what how we work with each client is different depending on like what they want and like what their general goals are in terms of just getting them like interviews and features. Um, we chat with media professionals like you guys about like who our artists are, you know, what they're doing, what they've done previously. And um, on Tiffany's side, she can talk more about this than I do because she is our lead Korean interpreter and head of our interpreter team at Helix. Um, she has a lot to do with, you know, helping them during the interviews itself, but also like just understanding how promotions work here. Yeah, so like what I would usually do is that con constantly contacting with the Korean staff back in Korea and like because the Korean management and like how their promotion works and how it works here in the States and like all English speaking media, it would be very different. It can be different. So we need to um, explain and make sure that they understand how the interviews would work and how the pitching works and how the whole process works. So that'll be my job to kind of interpret that um, in Korean and try to, you know, explain that so that they can understand what we do here and how it works. Mm, absolutely. There are a lot of really big differences between the um, the two music industries, and we're going to get more into that in a minute. Um, but you all just recently went to Korea. Is that right? Yes, we yes. got back two weeks ago. Amazing. Is there any specific details you could give us about or even just general info about kind of what you went over there to do? Yeah. So at this point, we it's like an annual trip that we go to Korea. Um, to connect with our current clients, to meet with them. Because a lot of times we're meeting them over Zoom or while they're on tour. It's not a lot of time to actually like have full conversations because we're normally in the middle of some type of promotion. So it's really to go and like actually be able to like have sit down conversations with our current clients, but also gives us the opportunity to meet with potential new clients as well. And that was basically what we were there for. And you said that the art, like the, what you do for the artists is a little bit different depending on kind of the goals for their own promotional cycle. Do you, the idols or the groups and the management teams, like, are they the ones who set the goals or do you as the PR company kind of say like, Oh, I think that we could do these things. Or do they kind of come to you with a list and say like, we want to do these things. What is possible? What can you do for us? It's a combination of both of those things that you've mentioned. So generally when we're speaking to a client, there are goals that they want to hit, but because the way our music industry and media relations work is so different than how they do it in Korea and in Asia in general, it's sometimes we have to be like, okay, these are amazing, amazing goals, but they're going to remain goals. Here's what we think we can do in the interim of getting there um because it's just to dip it to a little bit of the differences out in um korea specifically is like it as long as the people within your agency are well known with their media that they can almost go on anything as mm. long as like they are in touch with the right people whereas with us we can be with the in touch with the right people but it takes a little bit more convincing because you know the same people i'm reaching out to everybody in north america is reaching out to those people so it's more of a 
persuasion mm. conversation. Oh, that is interesting. So uh, you mean like persuasion on your end for the outlets of like persuading them to talk to your yeah. artist? Oh, I see. Exactly. Over any other Asian artist and not just Asian, any North American based artist or any artist that's promoting in the US. Yeah. I have to and Tiffany has to kind of convince why they should focus mm. on this artist over all the hundreds, sometimes thousands of other artists that that uh, particular media outlet is considering at that given time. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is a big that is a big difference, especially just because of the sheer size of the industries. It's like you're going from one pool to like a very large sea. Exactly. Interesting. Okay, well, we're going to, we're going to die. We're going to put a pin in that because I have so many things I want to ask you about the differences. But before we do that, we have a question we ask all of our guests. And that question is, what is your K-pop origin story? Which basically refers to when did you become aware of K-pop? Or if you are K-pop fans, what made you a fan? Like, what was the group or the artist or the music video or the thing that like, you know, hooked you, hooked you on K-pop. Yeah. Um, Tiffany, I'm gonna let you answer this. I've been bogarting the answer. (laughs) So I'll let Tiffany go first. Sure. Um, so I think the first time I realized, well, I knew, like I grew up like listening to music, but it was mostly like old pop because my parents Mm -hmm. would love, um, playing those in the house. So I would, uh, I grew up listening to like, abba and like michael jackson and like the carpenters like okay <laughs> those nice. like more pop songs <laughs> so i never knew like i knew there was like k-pop but i never like heard of it or like enjoyed it until i think i was like 13 years old i listened to um xinhua um the oh! song was <laughs> your wedding i think that's what's it's called in English. Oh my God. And, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was hooked. I was hooked. As soon as I heard it, I had to see the video. So I asked my friend, what is this? Who is this? What's going on here? So I found the music video online. Um, YouTube was not a thing. So I had to ask my friends where to see the music video on. So yeah, the rest is history. I've been a K-pop fan ever since then. I love wow. that. Amazing. Do you have a selection of, of groups that are, or artists that are your favorites? I mean, I. It's okay it's if you so can't show bias. Professionally. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to choose one. But recently, I'm just into girl groups in general. Like, I love all groups. Oh, nice. The girl that groups are, are killing it right now. Yes. They so, really the Seraphim and like, I've. I mean, 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> Not just because, our, because they're our clients, but I've been loving them since, you know, their debut album. Yes. So, oh, it yeah. was yeah, so like all good. The are killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50-50 so yeah. was our number one, or my number one favorite girl group from last year, 100%. I loved everything about them. Oh, yes, in our, in gushed our, and gushed in our best of, of 2022 20, episodes last year, we 50-50 was on like every list. Mm-hmm. We were very into that yeah. debut album and we're so like proud and excited for them at like how well Cupid is doing. Like it's oh, amazing. It's so great. It's amazing. Oh, it's so amazing. And it's (laughs) overwhelming in like the best way possible. Because every day it's like, oh, they're on another chart or they're higher on the chart that they were last week. Or it's just, 
yeah. crazy yeah. in the best that way. That is amazing. <laughs> Brittany, what is your K-pop origin story? Okay, well, mine's a little bit long-winded. <laughs> we'll okay. take it. <laughs> okay, so... I've always been interested in anime. I've watched anime since I was a little kid, and I used to watch one called Inuyasha. And oh yeah, Boa did the OST for Inuyasha. So Boa was the first uh, Korean artist I'd been like aware of. Um, I guess you can count Seo Taiji in the kids because they did the Karate Kid movie like yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow. I guess you could say I knew about artists from them but like what got me like really into it was Boa's OST and obviously the song was in Japanese I was like oh who's this singer and then I delved into her a little bit um and I liked what she was putting out but then she did a showcase with Britney Spears and that's where they introduced um they go by TVXQ mainly now but back then it was Dongbang Shinki and they were my absolute favorites when they debuted um and it was history after that. Who's your TVXQ wow. bias? I need to know. <laughs> okay, well, my TVXQ bias, they're not in TVXQ anymore, is Jinsu and Jejun are my okay. two heartbreak. absolute <laughs> favorites. Not heartbreak, they're still doing well. Yes, true. Great. We love but the Jays. Yeah, we do love yes. the Jays. But it's, it's rough. <laughs> that was a rough split. <laughs> I, oh, I know. I went actually into what I call K-pop depression during that. Of course. <laughs> so I went into K-pop depression when that split happened. Um, I could not listen to anything else. Also, I mentioned when they were splitting up back then, there wasn't the explosion of like K-pop groups that there is now because there's like a new group every week. Sure. Back then there wasn't. There was just a handful. So when I say like I was not listening to K-pop back then, first of all, it was easier not to because it wasn't everywhere. To be a K-pop fan in the early 2000s, you had to really love it to be able to like listen to it and like to find where you could do that. So when that split happened, I was really (laughs) upset and I was like, okay, I'm not, I, I can't deal with this anymore. And I, like, took a break from listening to music. I still kept up with, like, their activities and stuff. But, like, I wasn't so much as, like, consuming. Because when you consume K-pop, it's not like you're just listening to music. It's a whole thing you're consuming. So, like, I probably, I dipped, I dropped out of, like, how much I consumed at that time. Um, But eventually I got back into it thanks to groups like Monsta X. (laughs) And I was like, okay. I'm back. So, we, we love We're very big moment bit. That's very nice to hear. We're honestly big fans of like everyone Everything y'all you guys are talking just about. This is great. <laughs> we love TVXQs so much. Also, just wild, talking about where they are. Our dear friend Jenna, who's been on the show a bunch of times, Boa's Inuyasha soundtrack is also her K pop origin story. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's A true. lot of people my age that. Like I'm in, I'm about to turn 33 and I'm okay. Old, yeah. But it's I'm fine. 35. She's 33. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but I think a lot of people our age then that's how they got in because for sure. Thanks to Cartoon Network anime was a little <laughs> bit more accessible because they had Sailor Moon and DBZ and then Inuyasha was the next thing with like Trigun and some other ones that I'm sure I'm forgetting. I'm sorry to anyone else who like, <laughs> loves the show I did not mention. Um, I found a lot of people my age like that was how they got into K-pop back then. That or the Wonder Girls, which they were also amazing. Yes. Another heart 
like another group that broke my heart. Oh, <laughs> the Wonder Girls. Oh, and there we we've done a deep dive on them, and they're such an interesting group to like. I I would love to talk to somebody like just about the experience of being a Wonder Girl fan as you like follow them from debut because of the way their lineups changed so much and like I don't know what a roller coaster that <laughs> that group. Yeah, had. you know, I was a I'm definitely was a fan of like the Wonder Girls, but I did not watch them as closely at that time because again we were in that time period why I wasn't consuming it as much and so like I could say I followed them since debut but it was like a loose follow it was like I kept track of the music releases but not like when they would change members Mm -hmm. or so on yeah 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 yeah. and they did it a lot so Well, it is AAPI month this month here in the United States, um, which is why we're so honored to have you here now, um, because Helix is a New York-based company that focuses on promoting Asian artists. Can you tell us a little bit more about your vision for bringing Asian music to the West? Yeah, absolutely. So talking about how ancient I am and how hard it was to be a K-pop fan in the early 2000s. it was something that was really, really frustrating for our, our team here that it took so long for it to like really break out here. Um, so it's really Helix's mission to make sure it just doesn't die away. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like it's made so much headway, but being an insider in this and um, Tiffany can talk about this too. We have so many media meetings where there are some people who just want it gone they don't want it to continue and you know we need our company along with other people like us who make sure it doesn't go away because there Mm -hmm. are just as many people who want it to stay as there is people who want it gone yeah Mm -hmm. so I think I answered your question I'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany did you want to add on to that Tiffany you there bud yeah just moment sorry my internet is glitching again so oh oh no it's okay why we're waiting what is your guys's k-pop origin story since i shared mine i'm just curious oh yeah uh uh my first video was girls generation i got a boy so i've been in this game for 10 classic for only 10 years but they've been the 10 bestest years of my life (laughs) um so girls generation got say yeah Oh, sorry to interrupt you. No. I have to say, it bothers me when people say, like, it's only 10 years. First of all, it's a decade of your <laughs> I life. Know. It's a long and time. I don't, it is a long time. And I don't care if you've been in it for three months or 20 years. Um, if you love it, you love it. And there's nothing True. like, I, I don't like the fan wars of like, well, I've been in this. Because like, I if I wanted to, I could probably win a lot of these wars because I've been in this mm-hmm. for 20 years. But, like, I don't want to. I'm just happy people are consuming the medium, whichever right. group you stand, which, you know, just be nice. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Totally. Um, yeah. Girls' Generation was my gateway. And then I very quickly got really into A Pink. Another classic. And then at the time, yep. at the time, Noun from A Pink was married to Taemin from Shiny on We Got Married. So I started watching We Got Married religiously. And that's how beca- I became a Shawwal. And that is the most important and biggest, most important thing in my life is being a Shiny. <laughs> I, shiny. I, I, I completely understand <laughs> that. Um, I appreciate Shiny because um, they were in the same 
they are in the yeah. same company. So like the, all the cross promotions that SM mm-hmm. does is like it's yeah. very easy to love all the other SM artists. Yeah, it's so true. And like I feel like all the SM artists I'm just like very protective over. Yeah. Like even if I'm not a big fan of their music, I'll just be like, but you're part of the family. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the pink blood. It means something. Oh, oh, oh no, poor Tiffany. Tiffany. No. Oh, this modern world such a pain in the butt i know (laughs) well while we're waiting my origin story is shannon um (laughs) we've been friends for a really long time since i was in high school and so we always like bonded over you know like nerdy things that we were fans of like we've just always been like fandom pals Mm -hmm. and then she got into yeah which is just really nice we always have somebody that we can just like send something to and be like this is so nerdy i love it um and that then, is so yay! crucial it is so crucial uh-huh. to have a friend <laughs> yes. to talk about this stuff with because if i didn't have like friends who i can like send like did you see this or like whatever like it's whether it's k-pop or if it's like you know anime or something else that we're consuming mm-hmm. together it's so important to have like a friend to talk about it with it's one yes. of my favorite things about our podcast is that we've been able to build like a very beautiful community. So there are people mm-hmm. who don't have anyone in real life, but like they always have friends and they ask me about K-pop world to like to talk about those things with. Yeah. And I like providing yeah. people a space for that. Mm-hmm. It is nice. How are you doing, Tiffany? Are we hanging in there? Um, but I do want to give you the opportunity to answer the last question that we asked, which was, um, can you tell us a little bit more about Helix's mission in bringing and promoting Asian music in the West? Of course. Um, so, I mean, like prior, way prior to like joining Helix and even like thinking about working in this music industry, like um, when I was in college, um, Gangnam Style blew up. Um, size kind of style blew up and um, that's when pretty much everywhere it was playing and he was on the tv and the radio and like everywhere but then like my friends so I went to um, the university in Missouri so of course it was the k-pop was not a culture big culture there um, and there was not a lot of like Korean culture or like Asian culture around the um, school so like my friend's reaction to Gangnam Style was, it's just funny. It was not really taken seriously, I guess, because K-pop was still a very new thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And that made me question, like, well, I knew Sai because I'm from Korea and, like, I've known him, like, I've listened to him um, ever since I was, like, younger. So why is he just taken as just Gangnam style guy, you know, who dances funny, who's mm. always in a colorful suit. Like, why is he taken like that? Because his discography and like his concerts are very well known in Korea. Like, why is it not promoting that side in the States and like outside of the world, outside of Korea? Um, so that made me always question. So that's why when I um, joined Helix, I really agreed with their mission of, you know, um, their top priority is to bringing talented Asian artists so they can promote better and like they can promote more easily um, and they can just, you know, be talented like outside of their home countries without much borders because, you know, music is a universal language and like they have every talent and every um, opportunity to promote that language through their music um, 
around the world. So I really aligned with that. So that's why, you know, I'm here. So nice. Well, we are happy to have you here. Um, (laughs) And we wanted to ask a little bit, I mean, because we're going to kind of get into the the major differences between like the international and, and sort of Western music scenes and industries. Um, but what do you think is the most appealing thing about K-pop to a Western audience? Because you mentioned, you know, music is universal. Um, but Brittany, you also mentioned like, well, there are people who don't want to see it here in the in the mainstream Western audiences. But what do you think? really draws people in like when you guys go out to go promote the k-pop um how do you cut the k-pop the k-pop that made me sound ancient I can't <laughs> go to I promote the k-pop. when you're off to promote the k-pop how do you sort of sell it as in like how do you, what do you think is is that sort of it factor that that makes it really marketable and accessible to the western audience so it sounds very simple and generic but like the thing that to this day, I think K-pop still stands out is along with like the music itself, it's the choreography, it's its music videos. A lot of music videos have like a storyline to what's going like what's going on in the music itself. Um, all of their some of our clients, like their promotions tie in together in a longer narrative. So I think that's generally what if you want to speak very generally, what makes it stand out in Western music and in terms of like selling each client to like our media, like why they should pay attention over anything else. I think we have to talk about our artists on a more personal level, more than just like their music release. So we have to talk about those narratives in their music, but also like how that artist, that group is perfect for that outlet based on their personalities, based on what they've done before to try to be, make it so like the media that we're talking to can see no other fit other than what we've brought to them. Nice. Tiffany, would you like to add on to that? Yeah. Um, like personally, I think the biggest strength of K-pop is that it has a various genres. Like it might say very, it might sound very cliche, but it's just um, like, so like if you're listening to Latin music, it's very like, you know, it's a Latin music, even though the language, even though the artist can sing in English or any other language, but you know, the sound is Latin. But in K-pop, there are songs that are Latin influenced, but it's like more like a mashup. So you can work with a, a lot of like various genres. And like one another thing is that, um, K-pop artists work with um, different producers. So not only they work with producers and like engineers from Korea, but they work with international music industry professionals. I think that's what makes the genres and sounds of K-pop more diverse, per se. Um, and on top of that, I think the idols, um, they would, you know, have the content specific for each promotion. So they would shoot their own um, individual, like kind of mini variety series. I think that's something that the Western artists don't typically do when they're promoting. So I think that's something mm-hmm. very different. It's more, it's give, it's like giving a little bit of extra on top of the music and the concepts and like the message they already included in their album, but they're just li- adding a little bit more extra so the fans can enjoy it, not just, you know, Maybe, you know, there are K-pop fans that are not 
technically enjoying a certain artist's music, but they are in, like interested in their content per se. I think that's mm-hmm. yes, really like that makes the K-pop artists like really stand out, and like that's what's the difference between the K-pop artists and the Western artists. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are absolutely things that we talk about like all the time or try to explain to people Mm -hmm. in our own lives. Like, why do you like K-pop or why is it different? Like, because there's so much content. There's content in a way that there isn't content. Overwhelming amount of content. And the performance, like it's a whole package, right? And like like you were saying earlier, Brittany, it's like when you're consuming K-pop, you're not just consuming the music. You're also learning about the members' personalities. You're watching their reality show. You're learning the lore that comes with the story of the superpowers that are in this new concept or whatever the case may be and then like Tiffany you were saying like oh well sometimes people get into the group themselves and not even the music like that's how we became Monbebe is that like we fell in love love with with the members and we're like well they're so cute the music became very appealing let me start listening to the music because I loved them so much Mm -hmm. it was the same thing with like stray kids of like oh well they're very charming so i guess i can get on board with the music (laughs) well that's those are two groups right there who they started their promotions with uh an internal like elimination yes yeah so like while we have we have like american idol we had making the band which Mm -hmm. i think is the closest you can get to like what sure yes was making the band um we don't have that. So, like, you like mm-hmm. the artist before they come out. And in K-pop, they do often, like, pre-debut mm-hmm. teasers. Like, here's the photos of our trainees. Here's covers oh, yeah. of what our trainees are doing before mm-hmm. you know who's in the final group. So, like, fans are already invested long before that first single or that first EP ever even drops. Totally. That's so true. Yeah, you almost, like, develop the fandom first and then you give them the music which is such an interesting Mm -hmm. is such an interesting way to 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 go about it um go ahead Mm -hmm. and i'm perfect transition into into our next question (laughs) which is one of the things that we have learned on our journey as k-pop fans is the importance of the relationship between idols and their fandoms so as a pr company how does this very special relationship inform the like work that you do or the outlets you pursue or like how does the fandom come in to play for y'all if it does at all I assume it does because it's important but (laughs) yeah it's really important to understand the fans and like what they specifically want and also equally what they don't want Mm. because the worst case scenario for us let's say our client does a YouTube collaboration or they do an interview and the fans hate that media outlet it was almost it's not useless that they have done it but it has more of a negative impact than it has a positive impact because at the end of the day our the main consumer for the artists is the fans the media stuff is just important but additional it's Mm -hmm. not like they're not constantly doing stuff with the media they're not constantly doing interviews but they are constantly interviewing with the fans so it's really important to understand what the fans want unfortunately there's never going to be a perfect match there are times where something that you know interview comes out or content comes out the fans are not a big fan of it's never going to be perfect you're never going to please everyone but it's really important to us 
um, along with the management agencies is to understand like what is important to the fans and like what they are looking to see in their promotions. Tiffany, did you want to add anything to that before we moved on? I think Brittany summed it up really well. Okay, perfect. Um, Before we start wrapping things up, I did want to ask, because we have kind of touched on, we've sort of skimmed over the, like, differences. Um, But does Helix work primarily with international artists? Do you also represent domestic artists, or do you just focus on um, international acts? I will say we do focus on international acts, Um, Because a lot of, uh, we have worked with domestic artists, um, but a lot of the domestic artists, they understand how it works here and they do need their own support, but they often approach it in like, they have their record label, they have their management or their manager in their case, and they're like, they're building the pieces. So it's not something like new to them. Mm -hmm. Um, We've worked with a handful, but we mostly focus on the international artists who don't necessarily understand who are not on the ground to do this stuff because the difference between a domestic artist and an international is domestic artists most time their team that's here in the west they understand how things work here and they understand how to promote here Mm -hmm. versus like the international artists it's a 180 difference so like we focus on those artists yeah I can only imagine that like I don't know if I just like suddenly needed to go like promote myself in Germany like I don't know what the good German TV shows are and like yeah. what's the magazines exactly. that are bad to be like I don't know so like I totally that yeah. makes a lot of yeah. sense that you would need local support especially because even the promotion cycle is different like in korea they can get themselves on these music shows and stuff but like we don't even have trl anymore so like what is the cycle of stuff that you're going like where will you go to start promoting your your things when we don't even have the same outlets like monster x will go on you know good morning new york or something but that's not the same as going on music bank no not at all and it's also a different approach so like you can be a debut group and make it onto a you know national music show in korea you can't really do that here unless like you're from a major record label and have been like working up to this for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I like to say to our clients is like, if someone in the West often looks like they disappeared out of nowhere, nine times out of 10, they did not appear out of nowhere. They've been building up to that promotion. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which is like, again, it's different. We're in Korea where like, you can be a debut group. You can be from a small company. If you know, like the right contact and um, you can get you can get on the roster for those music shows, but you can't necessarily do that here. Yeah, that is a big, that is a huge difference. Is there like, I mean, aside from just sort of educating them on kind of how things work and this side of things, what do you think is like the biggest challenge for you either in working with the the clients themselves or in promoting foreign artists? Like, what do you think is that kind of the biggest challenge? I think me and Tiffany have said this in other interviews. The number one problem is always going to be their schedules. Mm. It's always the schedules that are... Um, a nightmare to <laughs> try to get them to match up because that again, right. most of the time they are promoting in Korea and we're doing everything remotely via Zoom. However, their schedules are really planned down to the minute. Like if you think oh, that yeah. like even like free time, it's in the schedule as free time. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to put something on their schedule, we have to take something off 
and then we have to justify why that's there over something else that was already in their schedule and then we have to deal with the time zone differences so mm-hmm. that will yeah. probably be the biggest and then the second would be like explaining just the differences on how promotions work here mm-hmm. absolutely tiffany anything you want to add i just like to check in on you <laughs> yeah. yeah of course um i mean yeah like just in um like explaining some you know some people would question like why does this interview has to happen per se like uh midnight in korean time well that's because the time Mm -hmm. difference (laughs) and um it's very hard to you know we need to justify why we are having this interview why this is important um for this promotion and like we just need to justify like why that time works better than you know because it's either early super early in the morning for them or super late at night because of the time difference Mm -hmm. same thing for us because we are about you know 13 to 15 hour difference from Korea. So it's totally opposite. So if they're doing it at night, we're going to be up in the dawn Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the Zoom call. So um, we just need to explain that, that, you know, this is such media and like, this is going where, and like, this is the, their, you know, um, Twitter handle and like, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is how the examples of the previous like artists that the interview for this media so we just need to um, show the examples and most of the times they would understand but it's really hard to find the right schedule that works out for everyone that's really a challenge yeah absolutely I can only imagine like the time difference alone I feel like would be an absurd challenge but then also knowing how busy idols are and how they really do work from like 4 a.m. until 2 a.m. or whatever like they're working constantly wow that would be I don't envy your 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 job in that sense for sure I was gonna I was gonna say (laughs) anyone who's listening who wants to work in k-pop we are not a nine to five job it's Mm -hmm. when there's work there is work yeah that is just how (laughs) that has to happen so you have to understand that going in And I mean, it works for me because I've always been like a night owl. Like I always tell Tiffany, I was like, "Um, I'm only kind of alive by 10 a.m. But if you want like my real, my brain is working. We're talking like three o'clock in the afternoon when it starts to actually fully function. (laughs) Um, But yeah, even when they're here on like tour promotions, again, it's planned down to the minute. Everything mm-hmm. is planned down to the second. So the slightest thing could change the entire schedule. It could actually mess up the entire schedule. That's why tours often look messy. And some people may think it's like, oh, they didn't plan it well. No, it was planned down to the minute. But when you have things planned down to the minute and something changes even slightly, it messes up the entire schedule because of how tight mm-hmm, yeah. it is. So it's not necessarily like someone messed up. It was... Mm-hmm human something human happened and in a schedule that there's no wiggle room because you can't plan wiggle room when anyone is here on tour by the way it's not just west it's not just uh korean artists or asian artists in general coming to the west when you're on tour the schedules are always a nightmare um so sometimes it just things get messed up because something human happened and now we have to rearrange everything 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, God forbid, like an idol gets sick or like twists their ankle or something and like, mm-hmm. oh, well, now we've got to make time for them to go to the doctor. And like, we didn't schedule for that. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now something has yeah. to be lost in order for them exactly. to get the care they need, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Also, definitely... like, if you, sorry, if it's not no, in no, a major no. city, like if it's not like in New York or LA, it's in something that's like a bit more suburban or, some, or something their hotel might not be next to like any medical facility or let's say god forbid they lose their passport while on tour it's happened and now we have to track down an embassy in that city that we're hoping that there's one nearby so a a lot of these things happen i didn't even think about that so many moving parts i bet timin's manager always holds his passport yeah well, because you're going from place to place and place. And when they're here, they're often either going to Latin America or they're going to Canada. So yeah. it's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of room for error, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. The stress. I'm like sweating yeah. just thinking yeah, about it. I'm not going to lie. I, we've only <laughs> experienced this in the small chunks of being the outlet and knowing yeah, like that we have the interviewer. We have the hour or whatever. Yeah. Like we just see that one little chunk of it and know that that part is stressful, but mm-hmm. like a whole day of it yeah. or a whole week of it, whole month of it, like whatever or the tour months takes. And Crazy. months, however long the tour may yeah. be. Oh my goodness. Um, well, before we ask kind of our last question, I did want to give you all an opportunity to kind of brag on your team because I know that Helix like boasts a very diverse like women-led team and we do want to highlight that and kind of give you guys an opportunity to really talk up um, the group of people that you've assembled as part of Helix Publicity and whether that is you know kind of in the shared values and mission that you have or even if you want to like highlight or spotlight a particular person or some like proudest moments or achievements this is your chance. Brag on yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, first I want to say we're very proud to be women-led. It was not actually the intention. It wasn't like, oh, we were only going to hire women. I want to make that very clear because some people, some awful people, be like, oh, you don't want to hire men. No, it's just when <laughs> we have a very intense, and Tiffany went through this with me, very intense interview process because mm. we're looking for something very, very specific when we're here. Yeah. And Again, we have to answer to our clients. So even the people we introduced to our clients, they have to be a very specific type of person. They have to have a very specific type of experience or they have to have at least a good enough foundation where they can be trained to get the experience on them. I would say um, I'm most proud of our interpreter team because without them, without Tiffany and our interpreter team, we would not be able to function the way we mm-hmm. do. Amen. Um, <laughs> um, I would say the critique I have for other PR stuff that I've worked in before is there's never an in-house interpreter. It's always on the artist team. And again, for their day-to-day functions, they don't need an interpreter because they are in their home country. They do right. not need it. And if you expect them and want them to promote in the West, you should be the one to provide that help. You shouldn't expect them to go find mm-hmm. somebody to do it because again you're convincing them to go out of their comfort zone here everything is backwards to them here everything is different here so to, you have to do things to make it easy for them um so i'm really proud of our interpreting and um 
It's not just because she's here. Tiffany just got a promotion. She has been our lead Korean interpreter for a while, but she has been working with me on the publicity side of things because it just made sense. She was part of all the publicity schedules. So she was a publicity assistant, um, but she started out as just an interpreter to a publicity assistant. Now she's just a full-on publicist. She'll still be working with me, but she's going to start working on some independent publicity projects on her own. Um, Exciting. Congratulations. Along with Yay. our interpreter. So I'm really proud of her growth specifically. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany. And like, um, I want to add on like, because I was going to say that, you know, we take a lot of pride in our, all of our work, but especially in our interpretation and like translation work, because we really prioritize the details. Um, we want to make sure that our client artist messages are transparently delivered to anybody who's reading, who's doing the interview, who's listening to them. So, um, like we like whenever our um, interpretation team member does any of the transcription or like subtitle or um, translation work, interpretation work, I'll be the one who double confirm. Like, I'm very happy and, like, satisfied with their work, but I just want to make sure and um, put the final details to make sure that our clients' messages are transparently and very honestly gone through for everyone to understand easily. So I think that's something that we take a great pride in. And, of course, our amazing director, Brittany, oh has helped me through um, to become a publicist because before coming joining Helix, um, I wasn't too familiar with the publicity field um, of job because I was a marketing person and like I was a graphic designer. So I was kind of, um, you know, in line with the PR work and I've been working, I've worked with publicists and um, I knew what they were doing, but I didn't, I wasn't too familiar of a music publicist. But then Brittany um, has helped me to really learn about the whole background of how this works, not just the K-pop, but the music industry in general. And um, she gave me so many feedbacks. Um, she continues to give me feedbacks every day. Like pretty much we do our weekly check-in just to make sure that we are on top of everything because we have a lot <laughs> to handle and we just want to make sure that we keep each other same <laughs> and we make mm -hmm. sure that we do important. Um, yeah <laughs> we go through the list of to-do list um to make sure that we are handling everything properly and clearly so i think yeah like we are doing a lot but like we have an amazing director who's reading everything oh, very very well so <laughs> this was not scripted to anyone who's listening i swear <laughs> This no, no, we just, you know, you got to take advantage of the platform and yes. highlight <laughs> the people who need highlighting. No, I love that you all pointed out that you have an in-house interpretation staff because that that sets you all apart in a real way. Cause like not only is, you know, interpretation translation, like that kind of thing is so sacred to, you know, international fans in particular, but also to the artists themselves who are so intent on delivering a very specific message to their fans. So to like provide that for them and, and be able to give them that sort of reassurance that it is going to be accurately translated, but also like in personal experience, we have had to like, when we, we we bring our artists. own we bring our own interpreter because they like we ask them like is there an interpreter available and sometimes they're like uh the manager will probably be able to do it and we're like excuse nice. me <laughs> yeah. um, um are I, we sure about that 
let's we'll just we'll make sure (laughs) there are a lot of amazing you know bilingual trilingual managers out there but like to be a manager on top of having the interpreter even tiffany being a publicist and an interpreter like when she has her publicity project she will be working with another interpreter because you cannot Mm -hmm. be both i mean you can you just won't be as good as exactly you could be Mm -hmm. if you did that Mm -hmm. um so I've been in situations where we'll have, we had clients that was like, oh, we can do it ourselves because they're, the artist knows that manager. So they think, oh, it's sure. more comfortable if they go with the manager because the artist knows the manager. The manager knows how they speak on a day-to-day, but it's better. In some cases, it that has been true. In a lot of cases, it's not true because mm-hmm. it's still, again, even if they're bilingual, we all use slang. We all have our own way of phrasing things. We all talk in different ways, especially in North America where we're so diverse. We have different accents depending on where you live here, different yeah. sayings depending on where you live here. And that's really hard for someone who lives in Korea to know and be able to understand all of that. So it's important that we have people here who understands that. Yeah, absolutely. Love no, it. I think that that's so that's so smart. I and like so that's such a I don't know how to say this, but like what a coup for your company to have <laughs> of like, yes, that is awesome. And then to like you've just really thought about kind of all angles of okay well if we want to bring in these international artists then not only do we need to make sure they're educated on how things work but we also have to give them the resources to be able to like navigate the all the outlets that they're going and to, to make to sure here. that they are presented properly mm-hmm. like right the care in like choosing the correct outlets and yeah. making sure everybody is yeah. you know properly interpreted and-, and stuff like that is very important And also, like, there's no language that can easily translate into another one. Like, Korean and Tiffany, please jump in when you... They use a lot of, like, idioms and they use a lot of, like, proverbs in, like, their examples. We don't have that here. Like, we do, but we don't regularly speak in it. And But those proverbs don't exactly translate. So it's really important to have someone understand. So, like, our Korean interpreter team, all of them are Korean. It's not just someone who learn cream which is commendable but it's important to us that we actually have someone from the same cultural background as our artists mm-hmm. as well other than just being really good interpreter to understand those differences yeah yeah that makes a huge difference yeah and like i try to um watch like new dramas and like movies just to um keep up with the new slangs <laughs> because oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. just the pop culture references in general like people right. might be like oh he looks like that guy from that very popular drama that everyone knows like you gotta know when something's being referenced yeah the right. context and, like it's very important to understand like what they are trying to say um and really understand it sometimes like i would like add on my own explanation to give more background to it so for example if uh, an idol is saying some proverb or or some saying, um, then I would say this is what that means. And like in Korea, this is translated as this. Because still, I think that's those little details that I, as I um, mentioned earlier, that's the details that we take great pride in because all of our team members understand what those are and can explain how um what that means in English. So, yeah, that's so important. And I think even 
also just the understanding that you all are bringing about K-pop to the Mm -hmm. work that you're doing because it's also like and you know we're just talking from experience but like we've talked to some PR companies that are like what is K-pop but they're they're contacting us because they're promoting a K-pop artist and we're like you are really lost here, aren't you, friend? Like, it's it okay. So we'll help you. Sad. I yeah. know it's true, but it makes me so sad. We talked to someone that wasn't in a PR. It was like a ticketing agent or something. I forget yeah. the exact title of this person who tried telling us that K-pop has only been alive in as a whole for five years. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? No. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? Wow. And yeah, and it was like five years, and then I, I literally, I couldn't. Normally, I'm pretty good at like schooling my futures because I don't want anyone to feel dumb when they're talking. To right. Me. But yeah. this person was already hating on like Korean artists while we're in. The, so I didn't like stop myself. I was like, I'm sorry. You think they've own, like as a whole, Korea has only been been releasing music in pop for, for five I, years. Like let's 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 think about that realistically. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, and he confidently said yes which just made me want to you know just jump off a cliff <laughs> yeah. yeah so throw him out the window yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah people like yeah, that yeah. to this day still exist that conversation happened fairly mm-hmm. recently so yes it, oh god yeah. Well, we're grateful for y'all and the work that you are doing. And so our final question is, is there anything that you can or would like to promote about your Helix K-pop artists or anything exciting you might be able to like tease or allude to or just anything you want to brag on about your Helix artists before we go? Well, first of all, we love all of our artists here. We don't work with anyone we don't like, we don't support. So... Everyone that is currently here is someone to brag about. We want to talk about like who's currently like actively doing things. Uh, CIX is about to do a new release as of next week. Uh, let's see, we have Secret Number releasing tomorrow, tomorrow. with their latest comeback. Um, oh, VAV is coming up with their comeback next month. So like, just stay tuned for all these great things. Amazing. Tiffany, anything you want to add before we wrap things up? Yeah, like, um, we have, yeah, I mean, May has been super exciting month. I mean, we had um, just had EPEX um, comeback, and we are having, I think, Very Very is um, continuing their very, promotion very. with a new album. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, a lot of exciting things happening. So it's keeping us busy, but we are very happy to see, you know, they're releasing new music and they're promoting so actively and um, that we are able to help them to promote to even bigger audience. So that makes us really excited. Actually, at the time that this interview releases, Secret Number will be out because it's today. But if you guys, you know, it's coming out tomorrow, you know, we're really excited about uh, Secret Number's um, new single album. So make sure you check that out. And of course, Very Very and Apex who are in the middle of their promotions amazing fabulous yes so all of our listeners go check out the brand new release from secret number which when this episode comes out will be out now (laughs) yeah doxa is a bop right (laughs) it is a bop yes 
I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's always good when you actually like the music you're promoting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's really important. I will say there are times where we get music, and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, please be good. Oh, please be good. Please be good. Most of the time, it is like we really, really, really like it. But there are times where, like, we're just saying, like, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know. Sometimes it's really a crapshoot. And like, even sometimes with artists that I like, I'm like, oh, please, Monster X, don't burn me now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but for the secret number, new track, like, I'm playing it right now. (laughs) It's it's very good. It's a bop, for sure. Oh, great. Great. Can't wait. Write that down. Can't wait to hear it. Well, Brittany, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. It was really great to talk to you guys. I am so like, I love all the work that you're doing and I look forward to what y'all do in the future. And thank you for being a great voice for K-pop in the Western world. Like we appreciate all that you are doing and I love that you are sincere fans mm-hmm. and I don't know I just feel like all of your artists are in such great hands and I know as a as a Aww, k-pop fan you. I feel like so uh, reassured and that, like, that, that they have you <laughs> we we I mean started this podcast because we were really disappointed in the way that western media was talking about k-pop and so we were like it's yeah. so uninformed it's so biased it's so negative and we wanted like a more like insider perspective and then from what you all have told us it seems like that's what Helix is doing from the inside. It's like, well, these are K-pop yeah. fans who know and understand and respect this industry. And you're going to use all of the tools you have to like make it as easy and wonderful for these artists to get out here. Um, and so for that, we say thank you, thank you. as fans. We're so thank grateful you. to you. Thank you. <laughs> Aww, thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to touch on really quick before I wrap up. A lot of people say like, oh, you can't be a K-pop fan to like work in this. And um, just because you're working so close with the artists, there could be like a safety issue in some case. But for us, we work, I think everyone here who works at Helix is in fact a K-pop fan. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we're human. We have fangirl moments too, but you cannot do that during like the work day. But it's important to be a fan of the medium to again, understand the differences mm-hmm. of k-pop schedules and how they promote things and stuff like that but also you know you wait until you are alone with your coworkers or with your friends depending on how much fangirl you want to go right and not with the clients who are there sure <laughs> yeah of course you have to wait until they leave before you fall to your knees <laughs> exactly i mean yep. i'm not gonna say like there weren't moments where we're starstruck there's absolute moments because of course these- these are artists they're so and they're in person idols in person they're so beautiful in person it's It's crazy it's wild (laughs) yeah so it's normal you would do that even for a celebrity here imagine seeing a celebrity you like walking down the street are you gonna be like oh my god i just saw i don't know olivia rodrigo walking down the Mm -hmm. street you'd freak out that's a normal human reaction um shannon lost her mind when she met lance bass when i met lance bass at my old (laughs) job i I think i'd freak out if i met lance bass i was very good in the moment i shook his hand and i was like it's so nice to meet you and like she said as soon as he left the room my knees literally gave out from under me i was like oh my god and i didn't think i'd have that reaction because i hadn't thought about nsync in 
15 years but like my inner 12 year old was like Lance. Oh, 100 i think it's a misconception especially for women in the industry unfortunately is like oh if you're a fan you're a fangirl you only want access and maybe that's true for some people sure. it's not true for all of us mm-hmm. and you just have to know when it's okay to be your full fangirl self versus like okay it's time to work and be professional and again remember at the end of the day these people, whether Western, whether East, from the East, Korean, American, whoever, they are people. Mm. Imagine if you were going up to your friend and you were like, oh my God, mm. I love it. Your friend might be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what, are you okay? You know, that's just what you have to remember mm. in engaging with these artists as a fan, as a professional in the industry. They are a person with yeah. everyday problems, everyday wants, wishes, emotions. And if you freak out at them, you're going to freak, you're going to have the opposite reaction of what mm-hmm. you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important to remember just in general too, is that like these idols, although we call them idols, they are people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And even just from a fan perspective, like it's important to remember that they're just a person and they're going to make mistakes. They're going to have highs and lows. And we have to be understanding <laughs> of all that comes with just being human. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. A hundred percent. Well, thank you again so much, ladies, for joining us. It was an honor and a privilege, and we are so looking forward to keeping up with your artists and to keeping up with Helix and seeing what you all do next. Thank you for having us. It was so much fun. Yeah, That's part of my work day. Great. All right, we're back, and we really hope you enjoyed that interview. We surely did. I loved talking to them. I love K-pop fans doing K-pop work. It's just good for everyone, okay? I mean, not only, like, the work that they do is so careful and detail-oriented and, like, truly with the best interests of the artists in mind, which, as a K-pop fan, is just, like, so lovely and heartwarming to see and hear. But also, knowing their origin stories that go all the way back to, like, Boa and Inuyasha and, like, So Taiji and, like, Shinwa. Like, we are talking OG <laughs> K-pop fans. I like no one better to take our little K-pop artists into their into their secure hands hands. and bring them (laughs) to the world of the west like oh i'm so glad artists have helix me too i'm so happy about it (laughs) i am too i am too um but now it is time to play the random game and this week the random number generator gave us a very short-lived boy group called wonder nine yes spelled one t-h-e nine like one the nine but Mm -hmm. it's like one to nine one to nine nine. yeah (laughs) this was a nine member boy group who was formed in 2018 on a survival competition show called under 19 which took a bunch like almost 60 trainees who were all under the age of 19 um and they debuted originally in 2019 and were slated as a temporary group for only only about 12 months but then because of the pandemic they had a lot of stuff that was uh postponed and rescheduled and then eventually they did disband in August of 2020 um but they put out quite a bit of music while they were together they put out four different EPs um and their debut EP went to number seven Yeah, so their most popular music video is still their debut music video, which is called Spotlight, and it's from April 2019. So we're going to check that out. If you want to watch it with us, um, just pull it up and press play when we say go. 
And let's check out Wonder Nine. Wonder Nine. Wonder Nine. Wonder Girls. Okay. JYP. <laughs> uh here we go spotlight three two one three two one go okay it's like kind of like a western vibe horn honestly sounds like tejano music a little yeah very latin beats and so far these boys are just like on a rooftop oh oh that was the switch Oh, that must be another song um, from the album, like one of those situations. Okay, so now we have a guy, two guys that are like in a school radio. The high school radio yeah. station. Oh, yeah, they're making announcements at school. Oh, this is a public school. There's no uniforms. <laughs> Everybody comes into the gym. All right, because we're going to record choreography. Maybe. Or we're just going to stand in the spotlight. Okay, Wait, that was what? yet another intro song. Is this the real song? I now? don't know. I'm so confused by what has... No. What is happening? Yeah, now I'm just curious, like, if you put the CD what the on, then what sound is the like? song? That is exactly what I was just thinking. Okay, but anyway, Maybe now this? we're in an alley, and we're dancing. I wonder what happened to these boys now. Where are they yeah. now? One to nines. Well, I guess they were always supposed to be temporary. Yeah. But you never know with those temporary groups. Yeah. Sometimes they do other stuff. Sometimes they disappear. Mm, this sounds familiar. I feel like I've heard of it. I mean, it's honestly like just really, really derivative that's, that's of true. like, that's this true. is a really common beat. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It might just be reminding me of other things. Yeah. But it also kind of sounds like the very, very beginning of the like sort of Latin-y yes. thing. So was it? I don't know. Okay, wait. Here we go. Two of these members are in Way now. Cool. W-E-I. Um, someone is in Blanky. Oh. But I think they disbanded already. Oh, did they? Or something happened with something happened to blankie i think oh we got an omega x okay no blankie's still together okay but young bin young bin was removed in 2023 last month february just be two just be members Mm. and a couple left the oh cypher so yeah most of them have ended up in other groups and other little new boy groups okay okay there you go. Good for them. They're all right. They're, They're still doing it. It's okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted to know them. how I how know. sad do I need to get while we watch this? <laughs> how much of a bummer is this? <laughs> I 
I really like this. There's one set where there's like a lavender brick building with like turquoise mm. posters and I like the vibe of it. <laughs> but yeah, most of this video has been in this same alley and they're wearing yeah. like red and black outfits. Despite the opening of the... school setting. Oh, that's fun. Cute little wave. All right. Oh, wait, there's still so much left of this music video. We're back in the school. And there's like a teacher looking disappointed in them. No, the teacher's going to be like proud. No. Nope. Just gets taken away. What on earth? Oh. The switching of the musics. Yeah. Now they're having a party in the gym. Unsupervised. Oh, I'm zoom out again. Oh, somebody's typing, typing it out. Okay, but we're typing while the, the video is playing. playing on the computer. <laughs> like that's not typing anything. That was funny. Oh, oh, one, one to nine. nine. Well, I'm glad that most of you have landed somewhere else. Yeah. What? And, Blanky uh, has a DK? That shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that was just up for my previous. <laughs> I needed to know what happened. <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway, weekly recommendation time. Is there um, anything you'd like to recommend this week? Yeah, I'm going to double down on new secret number. Um, <laughs> it's out now. Go check it out. According to Tiffany, it is a bop. Um, I'm recording this from yesterday, so I still haven't heard it yet, but I trust her. <laughs> Honestly, we should probably check our emails. There's a chance that we have it already somewhere. Oh, there's a you're chance, right. But we anyway, might already have it. It's probably good. It probably is. Um, a woman who was brought into K-pop through Xinhua is a woman whose judgment I trust. Trust, yeah. <laughs> um... I, my recommendation is like, it's vaguely K-pop related because mm -hmm. I still haven't like, I had a really busy weekend. I haven't really sure. caught up on things, but I think it counts enough. Um, the new Netflix series, Exo Kitty, which is a continuation of the two, all the boys I've loved before. Oh, my sister series. just texted me about this. Okay. Literally, she said, I figured you would like it. Second message, it's in Korea. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so the little sister character from the other three movies in the third movie gets a Korean pen pal boyfriend. I think they visit Korea for like a minute and they meet at like Namsan and they have like a moment. I don't remember how it's set up because I hated the second two 12 The Boys I Love Before movies. Anyway, <laughs> they made a TV series about the little sister where she goes to international school in mm. Korea. So it has all of the vibes of a K-drama like the set. Oh, my God. The second lead in this. I have not felt this way about a second lead mm. like in a while. Oh, no. Since Gong Myung. <laughs> yes. But it's like high school K-drama. But it's mostly in English. Mm. So it like feels familiar. But also you can fold laundry while you do it because you don't have to read subtitles. Oh, that's always nice. Um, but the reason I'm recommending it is that the K-pop needle drops in this show are out of control. Like I'm talking mm. six, seven k-pop songs an episode <gasps> and the episodes are like 25 minutes long wow. and i won't spoil it but there was a surprise k-pop idol cameo in it Ooh. that made me really happy because i did not expect to see him and anyway it's just like a fun 
it's just like a fun little high school show and it doesn't have anything to do with k-pop but i think it's fun to hear k-pop in a popular netflix tv show so like like, that that was exciting netflix show lucifer played shiny Shiny. lucifer yeah like during a fight scene it's just fun yeah because it's so random but this is like it's very it's very heavily featured um so i think that that's fun and if you're looking for just a silly little show to watch check it out because i stayed up really late to watch it on because i thought it was going to be a movie so at midnight Mm. i was like all right let's watch xo kitty and it was like this is a tv show so i watched like five episodes in one sitting (laughs) (laughs) they go fast they do uh but anyway just wanted to recommend that and i like i still haven't juhani put out his first solo album yesterday i still haven't listened to the whole thing so like can't say shit about that like i am coming back soon like you know i have and shiny beyond live this week Hopefully they'll preview the new album, which we now know for sure is coming out in June. Yes. So we'll see. This, I believe it's called Still Shining. What the rest of this shiny week brings us. I hope it brings us fun little surprises. And I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. Everybody get ready. I, I cannot freaking <laughs> wait. I'm so excited. I'm like almost sad that it's coming out in June because right. it's not now. It's not now, but it will be June in a week. I know. So oh, we're, we're, it'll be okay. I literally just said it happened. Something happened last month in Feb. Like I just referenced February as being last like last month, month, and it's almost June. Yeah, wild. That's fine. It's cool. I'm totally on top of my shit. And ready for it to be June. It's not a problem it's at all. Fine. <laughs> uh, but that is it for this week. If you would like to get in contact with us, we can be found at amakpoppod on Twitter and Instagram. Amakpoppod at gmail.com for emails. One eight one amakpop five for texts, voicemails. Uh, you can send us mail to PO Box two six zero nine six Los Angeles California nine zero zero two six. Again, asking about kpop.com merch twenty five percent off the rest of this month with code AMAK two fifty. Celebrate two hundred fifty episodes with us. Get a little discount on your merch. Um, Patreon Which isn't very expensive. To it's begin all with. pretty cheap anyway. Um, Patreon.com slash AMAKpoppod. I am doing recaps for the Heavenly Idol right now. It is a K-pop drama. Uh, Queendom puzzle recaps coming as soon as that airs starting next month. Mm-hmm. Um, I do plan. I saw somebody in the discord being like, did uh, Anelica ever do more than five episodes of Kin Porsche? No, I did not because my microphone cord. Broke yeah, we need to get I her some new equipment yet, but I do like my summer break is happening soon. So I do plan on finishing that. I did not abandon it. I promise. I'm just bad at yep. it <laughs> it's okay this is why i don't have a podcast on my own right. it would never get done <laughs> <laughs> um also i probably will because i think next month it will be six months and i think it'll be a fun treat i think i might put our birthday party episode up on patreon soon because <gasps> we sure. have that yeah 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 so anyway and there's also like so many videos i reorganized the patreon yesterday and we have posted 58 patreon episodes whether they are videos or audio episodes so there's a lot of content on there is the point um so you can go check that out linktree slash amakpop to go join our discord and talk to other listeners um you can find our youtube our spotify other stuff there and that's all the places thank you so much for listening um Thank you to the girls from Helix for spending time with us today. It was so nice to talk to them. Please support all of the artists that Helix represents because they're doing great work. They're doing great work and they only work with people that they respect. (laughs) 
So I like so that. So that's great. <laughs> um, all right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Jonghyun, you're our inspiration. <laughs> <laughs>